Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. I am solo co-hosting. Uh, my name is Peter Englert. Uh, I serve at Browncroft Community Church. We're here with our producer, Nathan Yoder. And uh, I want to just take a moment to welcome Carl Binger. Carl, this is your third time on the podcast. I'm honored, man. I'm honored. <laughs> I know. love Why it. God Why superstar, you know? <laughs> why God Why? It's like Saturday Night Live. Yeah. We got you back. But Listen. I love it. Um, so we are uh, in the midst of a series um why does reconciliation matter to fill in the blank mm -hmm. and uh part of it is we just sense that people are asking this question we live in a polarized society we live um of course i think most people think of racial reconciliation but we wanted to come at this topic of reconciliation first of all uh what's the christian perspective but then second of all I think there's different phases and different areas of society that we don't think about how it impacts. And I'm so excited to have Carl here. Carl just wrote a book called The Progressive Darkness about depression. He's got a podcast called Surviving Depression. If you're watching on video, he's repping his t-shirt. Um, so that, see, that's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> so our question today is why does reconciliation matter to mental health? Carl, Let's give me a quick update of your life. I'm sorry, we gotta get going, but we're friends, so yeah. Right, yeah, man. Thanks. Well, thank you again for having me on, man. I just praise God for what you're doing, uh, what Browncroft is doing, and man, I am just so honored to be here. So thank you, um, and I, I just thank God, man. Um, I've just been just busy, man, trying to really help people get the word out. Like, there's a lot of people that need help in the church, outside of the church, so. I just got to thinking, all right, listen, I'm not great at really uh, technical things, but I need to get on a podcast so I can get this message out. If it's only to five people, who cares? But if it reaches more, you know, glory to God. And so um, I've been doing the Surviving Depression podcast, just uh, finished season one. It's about seven episodes. And then I actually added some poems from my book. Uh, mm. I just read, just uh, been reading them out loud uh, to some music and really just hoping that whoever's going through a dark time can listen to those and, and hear, okay, well, Carl went through it. I'm not the only one who's went through it. You know what I mean? And so, man, yeah. oh, well, and, and something you and I are in the babies of, uh, you know, the pandemic. When was your baby born? December 20. Nope. That's Derek. Derek. Derek was December 23rd. Travis was December 11th, I believe. I lose track. It was December something. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and for me, Lucy was born in uh -huh. February. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we're joining the club. Yep. Hey, so you and I, we had a great pre-meeting about this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're asking the question today, why does reconciliation matter to mm -hmm. mental health? And so something that we're going to be engaging and asking every guest is this. Um, what's your definition or understanding of reconciliation? Absolutely. So uh, from a biblical perspective, reconciliation has to deal with when someone sins against you. Like if a brother or sister sins against you, uh, as Christ was teaching, uh, you go to that person and you talk to them and you tell them of their offense, you know? And I, I, if I recall correctly, it's even as you're going to offer your gift at the altar. So mm -hmm. if, you're, if, you're, 
if you're praying, if you're talking with God, if you're having a devotional and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, you go and talk to him and you say, hey, listen, you know, um, this this really offended me when you said that or, you know, hey, I would really like our relationship to get better after that heated conversation. And if they don't hear you, then you go and get someone else to, you know, be a objective uh, point of view. And, you know, then it just progresses to when you get the church involved. But, you know, um, most times I don't think it even gets to that point. Right. Like I think mm. people, if they really, you know, want to pursue reconciliation, it really doesn't go that far. And then, you know, obviously there are some exceptions where churches don't really practice church discipline. They may just gloss over it and ignore it. But a biblical reconciliation is, hey, uh, you offended me or I offended you in some way. Uh, let's make it right. Let's talk about it first. Let's not gossip about each other, but let's talk to each other first. You know? I find it so fascinating. You went like micro, like because that's super practical. I, I want to kind of push your, your <laughs> clinical side. Yeah. Um, you know, because again, this is what the whole series is about. You know, mm -hmm. the biblical, you just explained that so well. But what would you say from a mental health perspective is a definition or understanding of reconciliation? I, I think it's, I honestly think mental health and, and clinical wisdom and knowledge borrows a lot from the Bible. They mm. won't say it, but they do. But um, I think it's very similar in that you have to talk to people. You have to um, process these things. Um, you have to journal. Uh, you have to go to counseling. Um, but I, I think from a mental health perspective, you'd want to use various avenues to make sure that you're processing reconciliation in your heart and mind well and so i think from a mental health perspective it it's not weighing so heavily on the spiritual side but it's weighing heavily on the how is your mental and emotional health responding to this uh whereas whereas i do believe the bible is saying if you pursue this spiritually a lot of times it will affect you holistically mm. but mental health is typically not focusing so much on the spiritual dimension which can handicap an individual sometimes but on the flip side it could do that you know in religious christian circles too where they're so focused on the spiritual that they neglect the mental health side you know you know as i was preparing for this episode i, I was thinking about the stigma of mental health and i feel like in the last 10 years but specifically in the last five years like for me to say i go to a counselor it's not a big deal i say that kind of without embarrassment and as i was thinking about this episode of reconciliation and even with what you just said i almost feel like and you can push back against me with this i almost feel like the stigma is like the other way where it's like i'm just going to go to my counselor and 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 why i see that as important you know you delineated the spiritual from maybe the mental or the physical but ultimately 
positive mental health with or without Jesus, my wife's a therapist, you're uniting all of those together. And so I guess I, I'm just wondering, where are we with the stigma of mental health? Because if you're not, so if you're on one end of the stigma, you know, where you're not pursuing mental health, you're kind of divided. You're not even reconciled to yourself. But on the other hand, you can fall into the trap of, oh yeah, I'm working on my mental health, but that kind of leaves you just, oh, I'm just handling this over here to not really deal with your issues. I don't, does that make any sense? It does, absolutely. And, um, you know, I guess I've never really thought of it that way in terms of, um, you know, there being a bit of a shift in terms of people, you know, seeking mental health more and then just kind of neglecting the spiritual part, um, which I, I think is very valid. Um, I, I, I just think you have to deal with it holistically. You have to say, okay, because here's the thing, God has given us these tools now in this lifetime because we need them. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't mental health counseling back in the New Testament days, right? And it's because God saw fit that they didn't need it at the time, you know, for whatever reason. You know, maybe they were, maybe their diet had a certain, like, uh, uh, like a certain food or something that kept them healthier during that time. But in this time, we have a, a resource that we should definitely take advantage of uh, along with seeking out our spiritual health, seeking out our mental health, seeking out our physical health. And, and taking advantage of all of them, you know, even if you don't feel like you need it to go do it anyway, just to just to get a check, because um, as the Bible and as Jesus has shown us thousands of times, we have blind spots. So you may go into counseling and all of a sudden, oh, you know what, um, you're a little too bossy or you're a little too uh, grumpy or you know what I mean? Like you discover that over time. And um, so I think you really you really have to cover, you know, everything, you know, mm. so. No, I, I think that that's, that's huge because at times we try to fix a mental health problem when it's, you really need more sleep. Mm. And we try to fix a physical problem when it's really a mental health problem. And, and that's, I mean, maybe I'm being too broad with the word reconciliation, but like that's what we're trying to talk about here is right. to see all of that come together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's come back to this idea of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. You went right to micro, which I love, <laughs> which is about, you know, people reconciling with each other, um, asking for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I, I guess how in your life you've been so open about your anxiety and mm -hmm. depression. Mm -hmm. Can you think of a specific moment where you said, my health or struggle with mental health was directly tied to some sort of reconciliation. Absolutely. <laughs> I can. Yeah, for sure. I think um, there was a point in my life where I had strained relationships uh, for whatever reason. The, the relationships went really bad and um, I just essentially, I think, essentially, initially tried to talk about it 
can apologize for some things, but felt as if the um, the the vulnerability in the and and the the uh, the apology wasn't reciprocated in my eyes, and so it turned into bitterness. And so um, I, I walked around for months and months with bitterness and I'd ask God, you know, forgive me of this bitterness. What can I do with this bitterness? And um, I knew that I had, you know, uh, did what Jesus said in the passage about going to that person and talking about the offense. Uh, we talked about it um, a couple of different times, but excuse me, that bitterness just wasn't disappearing. So I'm like, God, what is this? You know, like I, I, I did what you asked me to do. Right. And so, uh, then I started to think, okay, I'm sitting up here as a therapist telling people to go get help. If, you know, if they're having this emotional, like, uh, bitterness or depression or this like prison of just anger. And I'm like, I need to go get I need to go talk to a counselor. And I, I did. I went, and, I went and talked to a counselor and it really helped me a lot mm. because I was so used to, and this is what I would encourage everyone to do because um, I, I've practiced it a lot. But this is why I think it's so important to talk to someone else is because even though I journal and I preach it, that you should journal, and I think you should, and I think it's a blessing from God. I think you have to talk to someone, and you have to talk to a trained professional, and that'll take you over the top. I really do believe that, and and that helped me because I was praying. I was reading scripture. I talked to the people who I felt offended me, uh, but I was still feeling bitterness, and that bitterness really didn't lift until... I started to process it even deeper with someone outside of myself. You know, as you're talking, I'm playing around with this idea. So uh, this is, I mean, we should just call this podcast like, you know, Carl and Peter have coffee together. Yeah, that's Co right. Coffee talk. <laughs> because, <clears throat> so I've been in your shoes before. So like there, there's a certain person in my life that like I really looked up to and then I ended up working in the same organization as them and I no longer work for that or I work for Browncroft, mm -hmm. but like I got to see like a different side of them. Mm -hmm. I was really disappointed. Mm -hmm. And I guess in my head, what I've said about this person is I forgave them. I'm not sure I can reconcile with them, mm -hmm. but like what I'm hearing from you is you wanted, and again, maybe these levels don't, and this might be semantics, but it's just kind of helping me. Mm -hmm. I feel like you can forgive someone and not be reconciled to them. And like the forgiveness is like, I release, and I'm struggling even how to say this, but mm -hmm. like, I release holding judgment against you. Yes. But I don't think that we're gonna have a future relationship. Absolutely. I feel like reconciliation is, and probably where you might've felt disappointment, I'm mm -hmm. not trying to put word, mm -hmm. is I not only thought I was gonna forgive you, but I thought we were gonna reconcile. Yeah. I don't know, does, yep. does that, I that mean, makes pushback. perfect sense. No, no pushback <laughs> here, perfect sense. And I think, I think that's what the listeners 
um, have to really understand is that um, you have to temper your expectations because that's a big thing too. Like your expectations were this relationship is going to return back to normal or even better. And it could, by the grace of God, anything is possible, but that may not happen in this lifetime. And I don't think it's wrong if it doesn't. I think you do everything you can. Uh, if, if you, you know, if you really believe God is pushing you towards that and he will make it clear, you know what I mean? It's not going to be a surprise, but, um, if God is pushing you towards that relationship, um, he will work in that other person too. Um, and you guys will reconcile at some point, maybe 10 years from now, maybe five years from now, because we all mature, you know, uh, in Christ, there is sanctification and so there is that possibility. Um, but I think really tempering our expectations around what reconciliation looks like. Honestly, biblically speaking, if you do what Christ laid out in those passages, that is reconciliation. Like, I don't really see anywhere else where in that passage where he's saying you have to be like best friends now and you have to be hanging together. And I, I think ideally he would love us to be um, by the spirit in a perfect bond of unity. But I think sometimes that unity can be sought in other places in the body, which is a really big body. Right. Mm -hmm. So, well, and so I hear people say, I can't forgive this person. And this might be Pollyanna too idealistic I would argue I can forgive this person and for me that's there's actually some mental health reasons like I need to forgive the, and maybe this is selfish but like I need to forgive this person for my own sanity mm -hmm. of I need to resolve this I'm going to make this choice mm -hmm. that doesn't mean I do it right away right. but I don't know if I can reconcile with them right that's a whole and and I'm I'm wondering and maybe our listeners they'll respond to this and they'll <laughs> share it on social media and tell us but right. you know there's probably people that you can't for and mm -hmm. you know we could bring up the most heinous acts I can I can understand that I can't forgive but like reconciliate like that I just feel like that's a whole nother level right um I, I will never sit up here and say it's easy to forgive someone. Um, and if and if it is, we should be on our knees thanking Jesus if we could forgive someone easily. Every time we're able to forgive instantly and easily, we need to be thanking Jesus because as C.S. Lewis once said, Forgiveness sounds like a great idea until you have to do it, right? Mm. It sounds great, fantastic idea. Oh, that's honorable. That's noble. Well, now you do it. And it's hard. And that's why Jesus is so special. He he is is amazingly special in that he's demanding and commanding us to forgive people. And um and I, I believe it's in Matthew eighteen, um, the parable of the unforgiven servant. I mean, that speaks to every single Christian is if 
no matter and and again i don't want to diminish the pain that someone faces i mean anything from a, you know a child being uh molested to a, a brother or a sister being murdered to a you know a grandmother dying of cancer and 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 so on and so forth um i don't want to diminish the pain but jesus in that passage is saying you have to forgive because i have forgiven you of such a greater offense so great that any offense on this earth should be looked at as a micro infraction well see this is this is this is where we're just having a conversation here. <laughs> i love what you just said there's people mm. that don't follow jesus though mm. and right. i i think we're we're trying to give people the understanding from a christian perspective mm -hmm. and what's interesting with mental health mm. is mental health brings a unique perspective to reconciliation yeah. yeah and and what you just said there the spiritual i mean we're almost kind of switching roles right now but you know you're talking about the bible right, right. and <laughs> and i'm because the there's a cost to level one forgiving and level two not reconciling you know, you brought it up. You talked mm -hmm. about bitterness. You know, it's not like we can measure bitterness. Mm -hmm. It's not like I can go to your energy tank and mm -hmm. bitterness like takes energy. Mm -hmm. So I think of someone that's hurt me in my life. Mm -hmm. That's affecting my mental health because, you know, as a pastor once said to me, bitterness is allowing someone to live rent free in my mind. So what that looks like is I get in the shower and I have this. I have this soliloquy mm. quoting to this person how I will tell them off. Mm. And, and and even if you don't follow Jesus, you know, what mental health tells you is there's a problem. Yep. You know, I, I was thinking about, I was just listening to Steve Cuss, who wrote the book Managing Leadership Anxiety. He talks a lot about this because you can feel it in your chest. It's a racing mind. Um, mm -hmm. And again, we're probably going to mix anxiety mm -hmm. and depression, but, but like, there's actually like mental health, uh, identifiers that says, Hey, this, this really isn't working for you. Yep. And, and absolutely. And, um, I, I felt that and, um, I still do from time to time, but I think, um, when I continue to go back to that principle in that truth mm -hmm. that I am forgiven and who am I who is very undeserving of mercy who am I to then not extend mercy to someone else you know what I mean no matter what the offense is and again I don't want to diminish anyone's pain or or trial um, but I do want to say that that forgiveness that you offer is the key to your freedom mm. you know um and and in that passage jesus likens that unforgiven servant uh to be placed in jail and he says so my father will do to each of you if you don't forgive your brother from the heart and so it's not you know we we all at some point in our life uh lives have had like unforgiveness right we weren't put in prison right we weren't put in a physical prison right but what christ is talking about is i believe an emotional spiritual prison mm -hmm. where you feel 
what you were saying about that anxiety and and the weight of it of the bitterness you know that i was feeling it, it drains you and that's what christ is talking about he didn't say if you don't forgive you're not my child anymore he says this is what my father will do to you if you don't forgive your brother he's he's using family terms so you're still in the family but you're in i don't even want to call it timeout because it's worse than timeout <laughs> like i'll i'll take a timeout but to feel like to feel like you say have someone to live rent free in your head based off of your lack of extending grace to them um it 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 just it it starts to drain you and it starts to affect your attitude not just towards them but maybe even towards other people you know in mm. similar situations and positions you know mm. so let let's kind of frame i mean mental health is so big mm -hmm. i i just kind of want to we've kind of walked through bitterness and forgiveness mm -hmm. but i i want to kind of walk through different facets of mental health and mm -hmm. kind of just your observations of the relationship between reconciliation so let's start first you wrote a book you've run a <laughs> podcast on depression right how do you see the intertwining of reconciliation and depression positive and negative I, I believe the the sooner you move towards reconciliation, you know, as 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 fast as you can, by the grace of God, you will start to notice a difference in the depression you're feeling. You know, that that's, of course, if it's not clinical, you know what I mean? If it's if it's clinical, you can do and, and check off every religious box, you know, and you're, you're still going to feel depressed. But, you know, if if you're if if you have friction with someone, let's let's just even if you take it out of the religious context, if you have a conflict with a sibling, a, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whatever. It's just human nature. It's, it's built into our DNA where if there's a conflict, it's not going to resolve until we address it. Mm. And your mental health depending on your disposition depending on how you were raised depending on your chemicals and physical physiological makeup you're going to respond a certain way uh, physically and emotionally but i believe just how we were designed when we pursue healing and forgiveness those dynamics start to change for the better within us you know uh when we go away from that um, and, and when I say go away, I mean go away in a very negative way. Like if we go away like guns blazing and, and we do that the whole time, that's going to negatively impact our mental health. And so your depression is going to uh, get far worse or at least a little worse if you continue to try to purposely make the issue uh, worse than it already was. You know what I mean? We're going to come back to that a little bit. What about reconciliation and trauma? Uh, that's a little bit. I, I'm Trauma is not my thing as a therapist. Um, I think it's a lot harder, honestly. And there's a, I'm, I'm very glad you brought that up too, because there is a lot of people out here hurting, especially um, in Christian circles, right? There's a lot of 
uh, things happening. There's something in the buff that one Buffalo camp summer camp that happened. A lot of uh, victims over there, and then just things coming out with a lot of prominent pastors, um, and sort of I, I would say this. I would say kind of the same thing with trauma in a sense that I would say, you know, the Lord would want you to forgive this person, but the Lord is also very in tune with the suffering you've dealt with. And I believe the Lord has a certain level of mercy for these individuals. Like I haven't thankfully experienced a, a huge trauma yet. God forbid, I hope not none, but just based off of how Jesus is in scripture, I think he has a certain mercy and a certain uh, gentleness towards someone like that. Like a therapist who's working with someone with trauma, you you can't go in uh, just doing, you've got to be very delicate. It's very delicate. And I think the most, uh, the most skilled and gifted surgeon, Jesus can do that, you know, and so I would say it's a little bit more delicate for people who've experienced trauma. Like, um, I, I don't think I would aggressively pursue them with scripture in that regard, but I would really talk to them about their healing process more and what that looks like, because, you know, trauma brings with it, like, you know, nightmares and, you know, all type of, um, hypervigilance and, it's not, it's not something you can really just talk somebody through. You kind of have to just, you have to be with someone too. You have to walk with them through it too, you know? Well, you know, it has me thinking about Job's friends. And I think mm. we've talked about that. Job's gone through trauma. You know, you can call it trauma. You can call it grief. You can call mm -hmm. it depression. Mm -hmm. And Job's friends were helpful until they said something. Did <laughs> right. and, and I, I think even what you're bringing up, mm. the message of Christianity is mm. we can sit in that ugly, painful, healing place mm -hmm. longer than, and I say this more because the majority of Christians and churches that I meet, there seems to be this, we need to fix this now. We need to get reconciliation now. We need mm -hmm. to get forgiveness now. Mm -hmm. Whereas the, even some of the examples that you're bringing up and just even some of the spiritual pastors that have fallen, no, it is it is a process. You know, I, I found it interesting, um, you know, Steve Carter, who was from Willow Creek, mm -hmm. the church had scandal. You know, he, he tweeted something that was so self-aware. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people say that they're angry at the church. And he said, you know, I've realized I'm really angry at five people, mm. you know, and even the, I, cause when I think about reconciling with a church, that just seems like impossible. How do I reconcile? But like, I think sometimes because, because of the trauma, because of the depression and because of the pain, mm -hmm. like, at the end of the day, are you allowing five people? Mm -hmm. And and that and that's tough because I'm not just trying to dismiss and focus. Right. There's a fact to that, mm -hmm. but there's also I can totally understand the road to these five individuals. Right. 
like representing the whole church or this <laughs> like it's t- i don't know i mean right. it's just tough yeah no i i think i think it's easy to do that and and i also think it depends on where people's heart is you know what i mean because if you if you genuinely love christ it's going to be hard to dismiss a whole body of people right and then if you i think this is why it's so important kind of going back to earlier in the conversation it's so important to to do that like self-reflecting with someone because you might find that blind spot of what about you Mm. like what's what where is the log in your eye you know what i mean because once once we if, if we go back again to just that parable if if we've been forgiven of so much, how can we then hold someone else? You know what I mean? At like, just on the most basic level, if I've been forgiven of so much, why am I then beating someone for lesser offenses? It, it kind of elevates me and put me in a place of arrogance and pride and bitterness, right? And that blinds me to really loving these people more or other people more in the future because I'm just taking a place of you know I've been wronged and man people are going to pay you know mm. and it just it just handicaps us I I really I really just this 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 imagery of being in a prison is is so valid from the best teacher because we are literally like shackled behind bars we are prevented from doing more we, we are prevented from loving better because we're behind the bars of depression and bitterness and anger, you know. Let's come back. What about reconciliation and anxiety? I, you know, I honestly, I think like all of these are like tied in together. For, so for an example, um, I, I just started a book um, about the, uh, the the effects that food have on our brain Mm -hmm. and these various foods have effects on different uh, mental health disorders and so i think with a situation like reconciliation it's going to affect all of those mental illness so if you're if you're a, a person who suffers from ptsd if you're a person who has anxiety depression ocd whatever that reconciliation because it's a it's a spiritual component or you know if it's a spiritual component that you're dealing with it's going to permeate everything and until you address it you're gonna be more anxious you're gonna be hyper vigilant you're gonna not be able to sleep you're gonna think about these things in the shower you're gonna be depressed and start asking questions like god why don't I feel your presence? Why don't I feel like I, you love me anymore? God, why do I feel like because they treated me this way, you must feel this way about me? You start to question God because your perspective has been so tainted and so shaped by this lack of reconciliation. So this lack of reconciliation could then start to morph and affect your senses to where you're blind and your mental illness or your mental health challenges start to, you know, just become worse, you know? We've really um, 
we've kind of stayed micro. I want to go really macro now. Um, over the last year, mm-hmm. what's the mental health price that we've paid for lacking reconciliation? What's your perspective on that? I mean, I, I'd, I'd say it's astronomical because, you know, you got You have the pandemic that I think is contributing to it, all the isolation and all the all the fighting over you should wear a mask, you shouldn't wear a mask, you should get vaccinated, you shouldn't get vaccinated. Um, then the political and then, the you know, the racial uh, components, um, the, the division in the church, it, it's, it's just been astronomical pain and division. And so uh, the mental health has been affected greatly, just greatly. And um, um, I really, I... I mean, I so I, I think at some point you could disagree with people and, and it, it's OK to disagree. But I think at some point you have to say. I am called to love the people that God has placed in front of me and around me. And um, and, and that's my job right now. And, and even if you don't believe in Christianity or you don't believe in scripture and you know, you don't have any faith at all. I think there's a certain measure of peace and um, and just gratitude that you'll have in your heart when you're able to love people mm-hmm. who think differently than you. You know, um, that that's just built into the fabric of who we are. Because if you're going around thinking, well, this person isn't vaccinated or this person's silly for believing that wearing a mask is going to help them, you're already, you already have this narrative where you're tearing a person down. Whereas if you release that narrative, you'd be able to love them better. You'd be able to treat them better and you'd look at them differently, you know, but you're already building a narrative to where you can't even love them as effectively as you could because you're, you're, you're tearing them down in your head already, you know? Mm. I want to go, you know, in our two other podcasts, we've mm-hmm. kind of gone here. Um, so, again, just for our listeners, Carl, you don't represent every black person, <laughs> but part of who God made you to be is black. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, how how can you help people understand your personal experience mm-hmm. in this past year of being a black person, you know, in this integration of mental health and reconciliation or disintegration Mm. you know what would you want people to understand from your perspective and your point of view in that i think i mean i've had several talks with um with relatives um you know my wife's white and so um i've had talks with uh some of her family you know i've had you know talks with uh co-workers and I, i think more than anything what i have come to realize is um i do think the church at large um has been hurt by this this past political season um and and i think minorities have and i i personally feel hurt i'm not gonna say although i do believe minorities as a whole feel a certain kind of um hurt and negativity 
from um, white evangel white evangelicalism. I think I just said that wrong, but you know what I mean. Well, you got um, that right. You're good. <laughs> I um I I personally I I do feel in a way let down a bit. You know, I feel like not all churches, obviously, and not all large white churches, of course, but I I do feel like the the lack of responses to a lot of these issues that have come up in our society has made me question do my white brothers and sisters care for me like they care for their the other white brothers and sisters you know like i've 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 been around them i've worked with them and i've i've felt love but it's like okay if push came to shove would they really care for me just because of Carl or would they say, you know what I mean? Like, is it, is it just Carl or is it like Carl, the black man? Or like, I don't know. It just, it's, it's raised some questions for me where I've said more than anything, I think we need to talk about um, the image of God and the importance of it in our black and brown brothers as well, because I don't feel like that's something I feel like personally like okay it's something I think people should know but I don't think they really know it or believe it almost you know and Mm -hmm. so I've kind of felt let down by that like I felt like when these issues have come up the responses have been almost like well that was just an isolated situation but it's like man my whole family is black and that could have happened to any of us so um you know, it, it hasn't caused me to like hate anyone, but it's just like sad and just has made me want heaven more. Um, and I, I really think, you know, what these past situations have showed us, have has shown us is that more could be done, more should be done in uh, reaching out to these communities and um, people being able to say, you know, we we had a certain view of white uh, Christians uh, based on like a national narrative, but this is no longer the case because the white Christians we know they love us and they've shown it in so many ways. They've they've prayed with us. They've you know they've 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 been on the streets with us. They've had multiple ministries open up to us and not as a just like this giveaway. But this, like, we want to empower this community to be better. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so. Yeah. And just listening, it's so complicated. Yeah. Um, well, l- let me back up. It's actually, it's easy. <laughs> but it's complicated. Yeah. And, um, you know, I find myself just in complicating conversations because, you know, I, I think of even there's just there's right but then there's right right and Mm -hmm. i don't know how to explain it like you can have a piece of truth Mm -hmm. but be blind to six other things that are true too right and that's kind of been my frustration is like we can affirm that something is right we can affirm the image of god but that has to play out somewhere and i even listening to you talk that's kind of where the disappointment is is that 
this is a clear cut issue that needs mm -hmm. to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And there's, I mean, does that sound about right or? Yeah, and I mean, I think it, I think it's easy in the sense that, you know, really all you have to do is love people and, you know, make yourself available to them. Uh, have ministries catered to loving them. Like that's what Jesus did, right? Like if you, the parable of the Good Samaritan, you know, and I think that's a lot of times that's the church gets caught up in, let's take care of our own and let's take, let's take care of like what's in front of us. But Jesus is sending us out into the world mm. and saying, take care of the world, take care of these people that's hurting, you know, mentally, physically, financially, you know, they're sick. They need Jesus go out there and, and give them this message and love them, you know? And, um, again, I think, um, like, let's let's just say like for me the message and, and it, it has mobilized me so I'm not sitting up here you know just talking it's mobilized me to where I'm like okay listen I'm gonna take any gifts that God has given me and I am going to go into the communities that are hurting the most uh, and offer free workshops and you know uh, just do counseling and things towards these individuals who need it the most and who's suffering from these particular things. And so I, I, I think that has sort of, um, that sadness that I felt, it was remedied a little bit by saying, okay, we'll do something about it. If, if no one else is going to do something about it, you do something about it, you know? Well, and coming back to, you know, even our topic, mm -hmm. You know, I think the pushback to followers of Jesus, the pushback to people that care mm -hmm. is if if we were involved 20, 30 years later in the mental health crisis, mm -hmm. in the conversation about racism, mm -hmm. in the conversation about politics, what would have reconciliation look like in 2020 with a pandemic? It probably would have been different, right. you know, and. And I think even, you know, as I'm listening to you, it's a whole lot easier to pursue reconciliation when there isn't a major crisis or conflict, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes, you know, so today I was, I was reading, um, there's a story in Acts mm -hmm. where Philip, who's a follower of Jesus, through this crazy miracle, ends up with an Ethiopian. Mm -hmm. And this Ethiopian says, hey, I'm reading Isaiah. And it's a crazy story, but it could happen today. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and you know, uh, again, there might be someone that, but he's from Ethiopia. Obviously, he's not Jewish. Different skin tones and everything. Mm -hmm. How much easier was that conversation about the gospel and reconciliation? And even mm -hmm. because people were at peace with each other right yeah. whereas now we're trying to have this conversation mm -hmm. and i hear a lot of hope from you i mm -hmm. i'm so glad you're being authentic mm -hmm. but we've tried to have this conversation in crisis which you know i can speak as you know as a white person it, it is disorienting mm -hmm. it is it's hard to hear mm -hmm. right but 
like part of reconciliation and mental health is can I, and this is what the gospel says to us, mm-hmm. can I live knowing who I am in Jesus and be humble enough that when I hear something that's going to disorient me, mm-hmm. that I can I can at least process through it and almost yeah. be reconciled to myself. Right. Yeah. And here's the thing. Coming to Christ is disorienting, right? Mm. That's the most disorienting thing. So it's kind of like going back to that parable again. It's going from the greater to the lesser. If God has forgiven us for so much, we could then forgive someone for, for something little. If our sin, it was such a terrible thing and Christ paid the ultimate price, it, it you know, it, it's, it's disorienting when we come to a holy God. So any issue in this world because of who Jesus is and who we are in him, we can, by his grace, go into those hard conversations. And we should. We should because it'll tell us more about us and it'll tell us more about the people we need to love. You know, and so, um, I, you know, I think of when Paul confronted uh, Peter about, you know, separating from the Gentiles to sit, you know, next to the Jews. And Paul was like, nah, man, you're not. You're not living in Christ right now the way you're acting. Like, you know, uh, you're putting up a front here. It's terrible. It's not right. It's not godly. And he had that hard conversation with Peter. And I think, you know, all conversations don't have to be that hard. I think, you know, just sitting down like we are and saying, hey, man, how do you feel about all this? When, when, When people feel heard, Mm. They're not going to be mad. I always go back to the passage in James where it says we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. If we are listening, nobody's going to be angry, right? If if we're not speaking and just listening, no one's 90% of the time, no one's going to be angry if they feel like you're listening to them, right? So, and I know as a counselor, because I'm listening, I'm not saying much, I'm just like, what's on your heart and then they're like man i felt this was great i felt great this was a good time and i'm like because i listened to you mm. i didn't i didn't offer a ton of solutions i just i listened to you and in listening to you you were even able to process some things as i as i just listened to you so i think christians have to start uh just really being comfortable with being uncomfortable maybe you know mm. like these and i you know i think for black people these aren't uncomfortable because a lot of times we live it we mm. just live it all our lives and so it's like this is like breathing almost you know what i mean so it's not uncomfortable um but i think as black people we also have to extend a certain amount of grace and mercy for people who are uncomfortable with that type of conversation. So you're not jumping down somebody's throat if they're fumbling over words or like sweating or like, uh, I don't know if I want to talk about this. I was like, hey, brother, listen, I'm not judging you. I just, can we talk, you know? So. Mm. Well, this is a great place to close with our last question. Mm. What does Jesus have to do with it? Mm. Um, this topic. And um, I'll go first, then I'll mm. let you close. And mm. um, So 
we quote Philippians 4 a lot on this podcast, be anxious of nothing. Mm-hmm. What we don't quote is Philippians 4, 1, and 2, where Paul says that there's two leaders, um, great names for your kids, Yodia and Syntyche. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, I, I hope that you reconcile to each other. I hope that you come together. And, and I just think about our conversation. You know, so in the same chapter that Paul is asking these two leaders to reconcile to each other, mm. he says, be anxious of nothing but in everything in prayer and supplication. Mm. And and the Bible is far more forward than we give it credit. Mm. To be able to kind of, in that letter, those women were hearing that passage read. They heard their names, and it says, be anxious of nothing. So what, what does it look like? Why does uh, reconciliation matter to mental health? Well, you can begin to let go of your need to be right. You begin to let go of your bitterness. You begin to to see clearly. You grieve better. And all coming from the place that you've talked about, that when you know what Jesus has done for you in the forgiveness and death and resurrection, um, it doesn't take the pain away, but it allows you to reframe it in such a powerful way. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, I, th- I think summarized it really well. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think the same. Really, essentially, that you know, you are just free to love. You, you are, you're free to love when you let go of. Um, of the pain and the hurt and, and, and just cling to Jesus for it and ask him for his help to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. I need your help, Lord. I, I can't do this. This this is another reason why I need you because I can't forgive. I can't reconcile without your help. So, so please help me to do it. And uh, if it doesn't happen the way I'd like it to happen, that's fine too. Uh, at least I'm trusting you and hoping and praying for the best. Man, that's a that's a great place to end. Uh, don't forget, if you want to um, share this episode, the best way to get a hold of us is go to whygodwhypodcast.com. Uh, click the subscribe button. We email you the episode every week. Uh, share this on social media. You can find Carl. Carl is everywhere. Uh, we love that. Facebook, LinkedIn, um, his new podcast, Surviving Depression. Go to Amazon, buy his book, um, The Progressive Darkness. Um, so, yeah, and buy one of those T-shirts if you're watching yeah. online. And uh, he's got hoodies, too. Yep. So, um, Carl, I just want to thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, you know, this was a tough conversation. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of discussion points. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what the great part about a podcast is? is We don't hear the conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, everybody have a great day.